Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. This is our Hebrews Bible study that we have every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We're in chapter 4 this morning. If you want to go ahead and grab your Bibles, if you can, and we're going to get into this. First, I'd like to remind us all that uh, Robin and I will be in Sydney, Ohio, not Lima, this time Sydney, Ohio at the Preeminent Word Fellowship. June the 5th at uh, 10 a.m. that Saturday morning and 5 p.m. And then we'll be ministering again that next day, Sunday morning on the 6th of June. So uh, let, me, let me tell you those dates again. Uh, June the 5th at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. That's a Saturday, June the 5th. And then the next morning, Sunday morning, June the 6th, we will be there at the Preeminent Word Fellowship. Pastor Preston Nasal, pastors that work, and we have lots of good brothers and sisters that go there, and we're excited about the opportunity to go and to continue to carry this glorious gospel into that region. And uh, we're just so thankful to have uh, friends and brothers and sisters uh, of like precious faith uh, all around uh, the nation in little spots here and there, the, those that God has brought back to the focus of Calvary that have become and are becoming like the Apostle Paul determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, opening our Bibles and allowing the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to point us to the one who gave His life as the truth of the Word of the Lord for us in the flesh. And I'm thankful for these folks today who are learning that God only works in truth, that the Holy Spirit only works according to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the call for God's people to wake up under righteousness and come back. And I'm, I'm so encouraged and thankful for every single person that I hear that the Lord has been able to bring back to their first love, their first works, which is a focus on the work of Christ at Calvary. It is nothing else. That is where your love began and where you, the works of the Holy Spirit began in you. And so we're just excited about all that the Lord is doing and all He's going to do in the days ahead. And, and surely, uh, don't forget the determined camp meeting, which will be in October Pastor Scotty Williams Church there in Dublin, Georgia, Crossway Fellowship. And uh, just going to be a great time in the Lord. That's October the 7th through the 10th. And going to be uh, just one more fabulous time to gather with these uh, folks who are striving together for the faith of the gospel. And their focus is the gospel. Their lives are becoming that of the gospel. And even though there's much criticism and persecution, we march on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 4, on this 19th day of April in 2021, we'll begin here in verse 3 this morning. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest... And that actually reads, they shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. He spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day 
from all his works. And again, that is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. And everything God created for man, including man, took place in the first six 24-hour literal days that he decided it would take. God could have spoke it all into existence in one moment. But God let it take place in six days. Everything man would need, then man placed on the scene in the garden so he could, when he showed up, he already had access to everything he needed. Just like the born-again experience when the Lord saved you, He placed you in Christ where everything has already been provided for you. And that's the way the Lord functions. If you'll follow Him, you'll find everything that you need will be right there in front of you. Hallelujah. He'll add it to your life if you're following after, seeking after, hungering and thirsting after His kingdom, His righteousness. Hallelujah. That which He did in Christ at Calvary. And so then He rested on the seventh day. And I, I, I'm a firm believer. I don't care who disagrees. I, I just, I've been studying the Word uh, daily, almost daily since uh, June of 1994. And I'm a firm believer that the, one of the reasons, if not the reason, God took six days was to show us that there would be six 1,000-year periods. A 1,000 years to men is but a day to God. And we're nearing the end of that 6,000 years when Christ will return and He will reign for a 1,000 years to close it all out. Uh, That 7,000th year, then He will reign for a 1,000 years. We will reign with Him, the Bible says, His people, the saints of God. But I believe all that. I believe that. And so uh, there's a lot more that could be said about that, but we'll save that for another day. But the point, the focus of this particular scripture here is that God is resting. And we mentioned earlier last, last Thursday that God is resting in His love because all that He's done for us, He did it because of who He is. He is love. Zephaniah 3 and 16 says he's resting in that love. You want to know where next time you you just get confused, you get mad, you get angry, wonder, well, where where is God in all this? He's resting in his love. Well, what does that mean? He's resting in what he did to provide everything you and I will ever need, which is the provision of the Lamb of God, the provision of his Son. He sent his word to heal them of all infirmity and to deliver them from all destruction. Psalms 107.20 God had already provided everything we would ever need before He ever set it in motion. Whether it was the natural things on the earth or us falling and then needing a Savior and finding ourselves in Christ where the promises of God, all the promises of God, all the provision of God are in Christ, yes, absolutely, and so be it, amen, don't doubt it. That's where you'll find everything you need, in Christ, amen. But he says here in verse 5, and in this place again, 
They shall not enter into my rest. And I know it says, if they shall enter into my rest. But that actually written says, they shall not enter into my rest. Because that is the focus of chapters 2, 3, and 4, and 5, and 6. If you read the book of Hebrews and you don't see the two main things that are there, the two main things in Hebrews is that Jesus is supreme above all. When He showed up and gave His life for the sins of all humanity, He did away with the first that He might establish the new, the second, the last covenant. He is supreme over all. Number two, the warnings that are there. Chapter 2. Go back and look at chapter 2. Let's just eyeball it this morning right now. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? if we neglect so great salvation. Now you got folks running all over the place today and how for a long time saying, well, they, they, they never were really saved apparently. No, you, you can be saved and then start neglecting what you've received. And we all know that to be true if we're honest with ourselves. Then we get in Hebrews chapter 3, the next chapter over, and he's warning us today, no, 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 no. Don't run with the crowd that says this was just to Hebrews who weren't yet saved. Unsaved people can't understand the Bible. You first have to be born again to understand, to discern spiritual things. So this was written, yes, to Hebrews, but Hebrew Christians and Gentiles because we have it but it was written to Christians. So you don't ever say it was just written to Hebrews who weren't saved yet. If you do that, you're going to mess up a whole lot more of the New Testament and have it out of context, out of order, and you're not going to be able to benefit from it. But he tells us in chapter 3, Wherefore, in verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, meaning the rebellion, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. <laughs> when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, where I was great. Your fathers, get, get that now, where your fathers, the fathers of Israel, God's people, God's people, not some among God's people that weren't God's people, your fathers, Israel, tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do always err in their heart and have not known, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter in to my rest. And the rest was not just the promised land rest. The rest was that eternal abode. You got to understand that today, my friend. The same rest we're seeing here in Hebrews 4, watch, offered to, to us today, the same rest, not a different rest, 
a rest in Christ. That same rest that was offered to them is offered to us. And what's offered, the same rest in Christ. That rest, that place in God where God is resting in His love. Resting in what His Son would do, what He would do through His Son at Calvary. We don't have a geographical location. So the rest, for them, it was about a promised land that, that a, whole, a whole 40 years, do you know that was millions and millions and millions of Jews that fell dead in rebellion against God. And again, not just didn't get to go into a geographical, physical location, but they didn't enter into the rest of God. They did not enter into that rest. We know that to be true because the same rest being offered them is offered us. Let's read today in the Bible. And in this place again, they shall not enter into my rest. Verse 5, chapter 4. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein. That's you and me. But it's not a geographical, physical location. It's in Christ. That's what Hebrews is about. The pointing to the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Let's read it again, verse 6. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter in, and they to whom it was first preached, preached, entered not in because of unbelief. Again, again, he limits a certain day. A certain day. That certain day for you and me is today. Watch. Again, he limits. And that means he designates a certain day saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Now, you know... I did not know this. Well, of course, there's most things I don't know. I'm learning as we go, so blessed and privileged and honored to have a Bible, to have the words of God, God-breathed words that we can have. Watch this now. These particular scriptures are pulled, we just saw it, where God said these things in David. Way back in the Psalms, let me show you, write this down today. Psalms 95, verses 7 through 11. It's what we're reading right here. The Holy Spirit takes from the old, pulls it all the way into the new, and turns that which was shadows, types and shadows and symbolic of Jesus and what he would provide at Calvary, he pulls all that which was hidden into that which is revealed in Christ. And the light now shines on what was said so long ago to help us along the way. Watch Psalms 95 verses 7 through 11. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. And and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his today, if you will hear his voice, 
Harden not your heart as in the provocation, the rebellion. Now this was being said through David in the Psalms. As in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Now get this now. They saw his works. Have Christian, you're a Christian because you've seen the work of Christ at Calvary. No, you weren't there looking physically when that happened, but the gospel brought that story to you so real that you saw it in your mind's eye. You saw it and you believed it in your heart that you were a sinner and you needed that Savior, Jesus Christ, and you believed upon what He did on the cross. That work, You saw that work. Where are you today? Have you hardened your heart against hearing from the Lord. There's a church we mention often here at Crossway Church called the Church of Sardis. In the book of Revelation, you'll find it in chapter 3, a church that had a name that they were alive. Oh my Lord, look at all they're doing. Look at all they've got. Look at all God is doing. But yet Jesus sends a letter through John and says, you've got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Mm, a church alive in Christ, but not living. Scary. That's where the church is today, predominantly. We are alive in Christ, but we're not living. They had a name, they were alive, but they were dead. And when you read about that church in Sardis, you'll read that they were not hearing and receiving of the Lord any longer. Oh, now they had a name and they had an appearance like they were hearing from the Lord and the Lord was pouring out on them because they were hearing from Him. You better be careful, saints, with all that. That is huge in today's church world. We, we can be deceived so easily. We can think because they've got the big buildings, they've got this, they've got that. My Lord, just if the thought comes, they can afford to do it no matter how big or how large it is. The expense is not a problem. God must be pouring in and out upon them. But if our faith isn't in the cross, not we say it is, if our faith, if our heart's not trusting in that work of righteousness Christ carried out at Calvary, we're not hearing from the Lord. And we're not receiving of the Lord. And if we're not receiving of the Lord, what's the avenue through which all this stuff is coming that we are receiving that gives us an appearance that we're alive when we're really dead? That is a scary question. That, my friend, is a scary question. We need to wake up. We've seen the work of God in Christ at Calvary. You've seen it if you're born again. Paul tells the church in Galatia in chapter 3 of Galatians, who's bewitched you? 
Don't you know Christ was crucified before your very eyes when I preached the gospel to you? The, the gospel was there. It was so strong. They believed it so. They grabbed a hold of it to such a degree that it was almost like they had been at Calvary. They trust. They believed it because you do actually see it in the spirit, man, when you believe the gospel. Your eyes are open to the king, the kingdom, and his righteousness and, and the entrance into the kingdom. Are we, as God's people, looking just like Israel of old that saw His works for all these years and yet we constantly err in our heart, not giving our lives over to Him, not surrendering to Him? Oh, we go to church every once in a while and thank God I ought to appreciate that. I ought to do something for me because of that. God saved you. Now you belong to Him. Our lives are not our own. He's paid for us by the blood of His Son. Our purpose, our mission is to represent Him, to exalt Him, to represent Christ in the earth today as the body of Christ that we are. We saw that work. Where are we at with that work we saw? This questions I, I need to ask myself. Where am I with, according to the work that I've seen God working in Christ, what He did at the cross, in me because I've trusted in that. Where am I today with that great truth? Because there is a rest. Back up to verse 1 in this fourth chapter. We're not in a hurry. We're not in a hurry. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left to us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Don't come short of that rest. That rest is in Christ. He is our rest. That place of rest is in Christ, trusting in Christ. Don't, don't come short of it. You, you were saved, possibly, if you're born again. You're watching me today. You were born again through faith in the death of Jesus. Colossians 2 in chapter 6 tells us that as you have received, as you receive, faith in the cross, faith in His death, as you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. Faith in the death of Jesus, the crucified life, the way of the cross, the way of God's righteousness, trusting in that finished work every day, denying myself again today, taking up my cross, trusting in that Jesus paid the price not only to forgive me of all sin, but to give me more grace today that will only come through faith in that sacrifice of Christ and allow me to follow Him. Luke 9, 23, Luke 14 and 27. I can't be a disciple of Christ unless I'm following Him and I can't follow Him unless I take up my cross and follow Him and I can't do that if I'm not denying myself. Didn't come to teach on this, but let me just throw it in. If the denial of self is biblical, it will be faith in the cross and everything else excluded. That's the denial of self. Biblical denial. Biblical. Not denying yourself of a snicker bar or a three musketeer bar. Well, you might need to do that also, but that's not what God's looking for. What God's looking to see as the result of biblical self-denial is trusting exclusively in the cross of Christ. 
so that you can follow Christ, so that you can be his disciple. Disciple means learner, so that you can be more than just someone who's ever learning but never able to come to the truth because you've not been taught the truth about the the cross as it pertains to your daily living on this 19th day of April 2021 today. Will I deny myself of what? Of whatever it is that's been hindering and preventing me from just exclusively trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary, nothing more. Taking all the books that have lied to me and pointed me to what I've got to do to have the power of God, what I've got to do to save myself, what I've got to do to sanctify myself. And I start me a little old bonfire there and get rid of them books. Don't, don't, I, I'm not reading them and I don't want anybody else to ever read any books like that. Are you with me today? Are, are you seeing what the Lord's trying to show us today? That this rest, this opportunity to enter into His rest, you say, well, I've already entered in. Through belief you have, but you've got to keep believing. It's not a mystical, Christianity is not mystical and magical. In the, in the third chapter, the, the Bible, God's Word tells us if we hold firm that confidence, that hope until the end, we're Christ's house. We need to make sure that we're not, and again, I've been saying this a lot, and I'm going to keep saying this because the Spirit of the Lord desires me to say this. When there are things written in the Word of God that cause our hearts to tremble when we look at it, don't look for an escape route. The Lord intends on His people trembling at His Word. Those are the people, He says, He looks upon. Those who are of a contrite spirit. Let's just turn over there this morning and look at that. Isaiah 66, I believe it is, verse 2. For all those things, Isaiah 66, verse 2, For all those things has my hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look. And remember, the scriptures in Psalms say, He guides us with His eye as He looks upon us. See how that's all tied to the Holy Spirit working in our lives through faith in the cross, what God looked upon and stamped His approval on was His Son and His Son's work at the cross. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. Let's just go on and read a little bit right here in Isaiah 66. Verse 3, He that kills an ox as if he slew a man, he that sacrifices a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck, he that offers an oblation as if he offered swine's blood, he that burns incense as if he blessed an idol, yea, they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abomination. Their sacrifices they were offering, God, what was in their heart, he, he's saying here, it wasn't, their heart wasn't in what it should have been. They were just doing it. 
They were just offering sacrifices, no different as if they were just uh, uh, cutting off a dog's neck or, or, or offering swine's blood. It, it wasn't no different because their heart wasn't in the promised Redeemer. Their faith wasn't toward a promised Redeemer. Watch this. He says, I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, oh, remember the church in Sardis, they weren't hearing any longer. God had to write a letter through John to be read to that congregation and to you and me. Because when I called, none did answer. When I spoke, they did not hear. But they did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. God doesn't delight in the purpose-driven, the government of 12. God doesn't delight in that. God doesn't use those things as we claimed He, he uses these things to draw us closer to Him. No, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.13 that he, he brought us near, made us near by the blood. God only uses the gospel. He doesn't use programs and He doesn't use these schemes of the enemy brought in uh, by men who've crept in among us to, to, to put it in words that, 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 that if we're not determined to know nothing else, we'll grab a hold of and run off with it. Not knowing why things aren't working. Not knowing why things aren't the way they should be. But they did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. One more verse, 5, here in Isaiah 66. Hear the word of the Lord, you that tremble at His word. You that twist it and remove the trembling of it, you're not hearing from the Lord. Maybe that's been the case for you and somehow the Lord found you and brought this ministry into your life. Or some other ministry that's bringing the truth to you so that you can realize, like I did, I was off track, headed the wrong way, saying those people don't have a clue. And the Lord having to tell me, neither do you. I said they don't have a clue. And the Lord said, neither do you, Curtis. And just like the Apostle Paul having to relearn Scripture all over again, the church in America and probably all over the world, that's where God's calling us all back to, to learn Scripture in the light of the one who said He was the light and who said the Scriptures were about Him. Watch now, let's read this. Hear the word of the Lord, you that tremble at His word. Your brothers hated you, your brothers that hated you, that cast you out for my namesake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. When you read things in the Word of God, such as you will many times in the book of Hebrews, Oh, do not keep company with those who are trying to remove the trembling with their false heresies and false doctrines in these last days, trying to take away the trembling. Let us also fear. Let our hearts tremble as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fight the good fight of faith. Run the race and realize that when we remove the trembling of God's Word, 
God can't look upon us in the way that He would like to. Hallelujah. It's been a great broadcast today. I pray God has imparted into your heart and your soul some good news today, some truth today, some reality today. And I pray that you'd be found being grounded in the truth of God's Word, finding that place of rest daily in Christ Jesus. God bless you. We love you. Don't forget, we'll also start out right here uh, in Hebrews chapter 4 Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. And this Friday morning at 9 a.m. coming this week, we'll start a new broadcast, a new teaching series on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis entitled Biblical Faith in Light of the Cross You want to be a part of that. Get your pencils, your paper, your Bibles, your smartphones with your Bibles and show up for that session online at Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. And don't forget to pray for us or to sow into good ground. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can type the word, text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.